1: Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined on the other side of the mic by Derek Terry of the Catspaws. Derek, how are you? We're officially in game week.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm doing well. Looking forward to game week. Uh, A little bit of normalcy today. Uh, Still via Zoom, but uh, at noon, uh, we were greeted with Mark Stoops' smiling face to tell us about Auburn.
1: And, and it was much better to me today because it was at the podium where we would usually be doing things. It seemed like it—you could actually see the the little thing where he puts his paper there, and they had all they had all the plat the the stuff there on the on the table, and it felt normal. Derek, it actually did feel normal. But I've I've been feeling normal for a couple of days now because we had some a game that I was actually interested in over the weekend, Miami and Louisville. Uh, ended up. We talked off the air the other day and made our picks, and I don't know why I just felt like Miami was going to win that game. I knew nothing really about Miami, but uh, they were pretty impressive in that game. Louisville wasn't, but I hope that you watched that game Saturday night. Hopefully you made it up to the Butcher's Pub to watch that game. Uh, today is, you know, Kids Eat Free Monday. That's We plugged this last week, Derek. If uh, if there's if with the purchase of an entree, a child eats free on every Monday at the Butcher's Pub. Also, their burger specials are back. And now they're available every single day of the week. So there's no longer a Monday burger, Tuesday burger, oh. Wednesday burger. Now there are five burgers available every day of the week. You got the farmer house burger, you got the old smoky burger, the mushroom burger, the jalapeno burger. Oh man, that one's my favorite, the jalapeno burger. And then you have the mango habanero burger too. So so many good choices. So make it out to the butcher's pub. Check them out at the butcherspub.com or on Facebook for daily specials and deals. Uh, But Derek, what did you think about that game Saturday night?
0: Uh, I think we found out today that Mark Stoops watched that game. (laughs) Uh, We'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, I actually told you I thought Louisville stood a pretty good chance to win that game, and uh, I am not one of these guys. I I have long said that you know Louisville can be ranked, whatever they are, top to bottom. there's no question that Kentucky's roster is far superior still, but I did feel like that was a game Louisville could score points. It did, but, man, that defense is rough. Uh,
1: yeah, and uh, we'll, let's go ahead and play that audio from Mark Stoops. So this is uh, – Mark Stoops didn't mention Louisville in this quote, but it's obvious that he was talking about Louisville when he was talking about the, the, some of the challenges Kentucky's going to have and stuff on Saturday. So let's go ahead and roll that audio. You know, I know this. When you play a Kevin Steele defense, you have to create that space, you know, and you have to um, get open. And uh, that's something that, you know, we are going to see each and every week. And uh, I know I get asked from some of the media about, you know, this and that. You know, some of that football you see in other leagues, you are not going to see Saturday. There's going to be nobody open. We have to create space. We have to get guys open. You have to work leverage, and the quarterback has to throw it in small windows. Uh, we play 10 SEC games, and I can promise you, you're not going to see that stuff where there's green grass all over the place and easy throws and, and guys open because uh, we're not going to see that. Clearly, that was Louisville without saying Louisville. Uh, what, did you, what, did you think, what did you think about Stoops' quote? I, I think we all knew who he was talking about.
0: To be quite frank, a little bit surprising to me, he would – Bring that up in that way. Clearly, he was trying to make a point that he expects teams to be more, uh, I guess, in their P's and Q's as they open up this season. I think Mark Stoops would love to see his offense score a touchdown in the way that Miami scored two of their touchdowns. But uh as I would say was rightfully pointed out by some Louisville folks that I follow, uh, Stoops does know a thing or two about leaving guys wide open. Did it twice against Florida that game. So uh, I think UK fans are going to love that dig at Louisville. At the same time, I think on the Louisville side, there's some pretty easier rebuttals <laughs> to it. But it's, it's a good rivalry thing on a year where well, obviously these two teams aren't going to get to play.
1: Well, that's what I was going to say. On a year where you really don't have to see them for probably 400 days or more now. Yeah,
0: you can say what you want. Really. You can
1: say what you want, especially after the, the last two games in that series. You know, UK sort of has some, some room to punch. But well. – it was interesting though that he took that route. Like it's that was it's almost like he actually thought I'm going to plug this somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because it was it he didn't hesitate.
0: He, you know, it might have been his way too of saying like, I think it's kind of BS that uh, Louisville still ranked ahead of us, even though we, you know, I'm I'm speaking as if I'm stupid after we just beat them uh fifty six to ten one year and then forty five to thirteen last year. I think it's kinda of ridiculous that with all we have coming back Louisville still running ahead of us, that might have been his way to get a dig out at Louisville but yeah. uh that was unexpected out of all the things I thought might happen on the day's teleconference uh that wasn't one of them, but no. here we are. No.
1: And, and there were a lot of notes that come out of today's conference, and we're, we're going to talk about those here in the opening. And then in the second half of the show, we're going to dive into the depth chart and look at some of those things that maybe stood out. And there there were some surprises, but then I think we kind of had an idea that some of these things were going to fall the way they did. Clearly COVID-19 contact tracing is a thing. We have no idea who has that, but we can pretty much verify that there are some cases on Kentucky's team that will impact the way Saturday's roster looks, Derek. I guess we will it'll be one of those things that I don't know when we're going to know that. I, we probably will never know exactly who has COVID and who's contact trace. but I think that if someone doesn't travel and they're not listed with an injury, we will know it has something to do with one of those two situations. But let's go ahead and start with this. I thought this was one of the most important things from the press conference, and really it's been a topic for two weeks now. Stoops was finally asked about the reported gentleman's agreement with mm-hmm. Joey Gatewood in Auburn. Uh, Joey Gatewood was not on the depth chart, and if we look, there's a gentleman's agreement.
0: Yeah, there um, is. Um, I, yeah, we kind of got to be tricky the way we talk about this, but I, I'd say it's more than likely you're going to see Joey Gatewood on next week's depth chart somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I honestly. I have that from a good source, but that is a real thing. And, listen, you guys, are, the people who listen to us are smart people. That was – I actually told Sean this when I found out about it. Like, that's never going to be something that gets confirmed publicly. I would guess UK hope that they could get to next week, still leaving it in the sense that um, it was an issue that the SEC was dealing with. And it truly might be. That might be the way it's going, that the SEC is going to officially clear him sometime next week. I don't know if they'll directly do that on Monday, if they'll wait until later in the week. But I do feel comfortable sharing that this is not an NCAA issue at this point. No. That he's all good there. So yeah. it's it's all up to the league. So take yeah. that what you will. Uh, he's not going to play Saturday.
1: He's not. And I don't even know, probably doesn't make the trip, right? Like, is it a situation where he even, he even makes the trip?
0: Uh, I, well, I mean – Maybe, maybe they bring him back just because he's I'm sure he still has friends on the team you'd like That's to true. see. I think that angle could allow it. On the other angle, though, do you risk taking another player who won't be helping you in the current landscape of COVID? I don't know. I think it's yeah. a hard decision to make. I, I would probably lean towards letting, letting him go, though, even if – let him go through warm-ups and everything, too. Even if you're not – like, there's nothing there. Am I right on this? Uh, he can still suit up, right, even if he knows he's not going to – or maybe not. Maybe I'm, I'm wrong. I'm not on that.
1: sure. I'm not sure on that. I'm thinking back to Xavier Peters last year. Was he suited up for those first two games before Florida? Yeah,
0: that's what I can't remember. I don't I remember,
1: remember for sure. That's, that's a tricky. Yeah. So, but well, in like, that
0: case, if he can't do anything, because I thought it could be beneficial to him to go through warm ups, do everything like he would in a normal game if he was playing. But then again, if he's not eligible, perhaps he's not really permitted to do all those things. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah, so it's definitely tricky, but we there there isn't a gentleman's agreement. Like you said, it'll never be made public. It'll never be confirmed because that's something that's not going to get confirmed. But look, that word, that phrase doesn't just get thrown around without it coming from somewhere. But we'll get into more of the quarterback depth chart and stuff as we move through this episode. Derek, is there anything that stands out to you from Stoops Presser? I know well we we need to go ahead and say Chris Oates. We need to talk about that what they're going to do to honor Chris Oates. We knew that they were they would honor him some way. Um uh, so Chris Chris Oates for those of you that have just if you haven't heard this, he's battling an undisclosed medical condition. He has been battling it since May. We have no details on that. We probably never will know exactly what he's battling. All we know is that he needs your thoughts and prayers. And we have got word from Stoops multiple times throughout the summer, Derek, and now into the fall, that he is improving in a rehabilitation facility. Uh, that's the latest update, I think, as of mid-August that we got from Stoops. But Kentucky is going to honor him with DeAndre Square wearing number 22 at Auburn Saturday. And then for the first home game, Keaton Upshaw, who is Oates' roommate, is going to wear 22. And then that will just sort of change weekly. But that's their way that they're going to honor their teammate this season. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I thought a really great idea by UK to do that. Obviously, Chris is not going to be out there with them at all this year. Um, Maybe never again. I don't think we really know yet. But to have – because, you know, he'll be tuned in watching the game on Saturday. And uh, to be able to still see his number out there and know that his teammates are still supporting him like that, I think that's a powerful thing. And really shows the unity of Kentucky's roster. And I thought it was just a a really thoughtful thing. I mean, he saw it to some extent last year, at least for a half, with uh, Lynn Bowden wearing Terry's number. Uh, for Florida the week after um, Terry got injured. So I think it's a special thing. And I know DeAndre Square, um, he's probably – I don't follow every U.K. football player. I do follow DeAndre. He I, I feels like once a week he's tweeting something about Chris. Uh, so he's been someone from the beginning who has uh, kept Chris in his thoughts. I'm sure those two were close friends, knowing the position they played and the amount of time that they spend together. So I think he's a great person to to start this off with.
1: Yeah, it's it's only fitting that you start with that linebacker group and that room and let someone there honor him. I, I think after that, you might see it go through all those guys, like you know, all of them there, Boogie, and some things like that. But we're going to dive more into the depth chart. But we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Kentucky Daily. Call Bryant Law, 261-7381. This is the Attorney Jeremy Bryant. Have you been injured at work in the last 24 months? Contact Bryant Law. We want you to understand that every dime an insurance company keeps from you is another one they keep in their pocket. You're entitled to just compensation. So don't let the insurance company tell you what's proper. After all, you're the one who has been injured on the job. I'll evaluate your case and tell you the truth. Call Bryant Law in Corbin and get what you deserve. Visit online at jeremybryantlaw.com. Welcome back to Kentucky Daily, Derek. We mentioned in the opening that today we got a depth chart, and we got it later than we normally do. We usually get it about at least 20 to 25 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes. Usually we have it in hand when we walk in. They pat, they hand one out there or you get it upstairs. Uh, today was a little different. Uh, it actually didn't get posted until probably five minutes into Stoops Presser. Yep. So it was really had to look, and if you had any questions, you might have had to throw some to the side, because I know depth chart questions was going to be a big part of it today. Uh, the thing that stands out the most to me, Derek, and I actually texted you right before Stoops Presser, and we were going back and forth on if we who we thought was going to be QB2. Now, I think I asked you, will, do you think Bo will be second? And he was. He's on there.
0: Good insight on your part. Um, I think it makes sense. The most interesting thing to me was how Stoops addressed – he was asked uh, by our friend John Hill at the Courier-Journal if Bo being placed second is because he won that job or if it was because the status hasn't been eligible. And Stoops said he'd punt on that question. I believe it was his exact quote. He was gonna punt. It was a two-part question, and he said, for that part I'm going to punt on that. Which leaves that open to interpretation, Sean. How did you hit
1: <laughs> that? It. You could take it – Really, there's an argument to take it either direction there, just because with the gentleman's agreement, obviously you're not going to say anything if Joey is the clear number two. And we should just throw this out there too. Even if Joey Gatewood is the number three, there's going to be packages for him to be at, get on the field. But I'll also tell you this, Garrett: from everything that we've heard through camp, and it's been talked about multiple times, he's shown up in highlight videos, he's shown up in touchdown clips, they've talked about the throws he's made and his accuracy, it wouldn't shock me if Bo Allen won this job. It real or the second the second string spot. It right. wouldn't shock me if that's ha- if that's the way it plays out.
0: Yeah, I um, I need to be careful with how I address this because I don't want to become the conductor of the Bo Allen hype train. But I'll just say. He probably more than any other player, I think, in terms of me, my, my opinions, my assumptions I had going into fall camp, I think he probably surpassed those based on the people that I talked to more than anybody. I thought once Gate would committed to the U.K. last fall, if he became eligible, it would be no question that you would just – he'd be your backup. He's played a little bit before, not a ton, but a little bit. Bo's just going to be a true freshman. Let him ease in. He still has Sawyer as an insurance policy. I didn't think there was really any way Bo would play this year. That – my opinion on that probably changed when I got a text from a good source of mine who, I'll be flat out, basically said Bo could start right now for Kentucky. And you take that for what it's worth in the preseason. You know, he's never played against competition. But I can tell you that it indirectly came from somebody on the team who themselves on the offense is very impressive, Bo Allen. Him becoming the second string on this depth chart, I, I honestly think he might have won that job. And like you said, Joey is such a good athlete, and you can do so many things with him, that I think there's still a spot for him. But in the event, God forbid, and I hope this does not happen to the kid after what he dealt with last year, in the event that something happened to Terry, I do think Kentucky's comfortable playing Bo in a game, and I think they think they could probably win a game with Bo back there. Uh,
1: and here's the thing going into Saturday. like, We're not going to talk an injury, like if Terry has an injury, but you know, things happen throughout the game. A helmet comes off or something crazy. I mean, you could get a snap or two. From Bo Allen or anything, yeah. or just anything minor could happen that you could get. And if the way the step chart is played out, those are the two quarterbacks there. We don't know what it looks like behind him. We, we didn't get anything on Sawyer Smith. We don't know. Like we can, And everybody can well, speculate things with COVID and things like that, but I, I don't really know, Derek.
0: No, no. What we know is he, he beat out Sawyer. I he mean, did. it's that simple. I mean, uh, from what I was told, Sawyer's not really done a whole lot this fall. I mean, most of them stamps have gone to those top three guys.
1: Yeah. And which which makes sense. I mean it makes sense for you to prepare the guy that's gonna be here long term really. I mean you you know Sawyer's there as an insurance guy in case you have to get to that point. I think the thing that we can say is we went into last season with Kentucky being very thin at quarterback to where if something that did happen and it happened, that there were a lot of question marks. I think right now, Derek, if something were to happen, they're confident that they got three dudes there that they really probably don't miss a beat and can still have a lot of success.
0: And I want to say this in regards to Sawyer. I don't think it says, I think it says more about Bo than it does Sawyer because Sawyer came in against Florida last year up until that second half where I think, you know, he threw the pick and that led to an injury that, you know, pretty much sent his season downhill after that. He, I thought he did a phenomenal job in a backup role. He had started games at Troy. So this is a guy with a lot of experience. And if, they're already comfortable putting Bo over him. That tells me talent wise, Bo's got to be far superior for them to go ahead and make that move.
1: yeah and and we should we should note too that it's Terry Wilson's team. It's Terry Wilson's Good. job and there's I don't think there's any threat there, Derek. I just think that you know Stoops is going to give him his opportunities and there will be some rust. But the yes. one thing that I think that I'm most interested in seeing Saturday is that first time that he tucks the ball and he takes off to run. That's the thing that I'm looking, and I think that everyone collectively, from all sides, even Auburn's side, everybody's gonna hold their breath because this will be the first time the kid's taken a hit since that night. Because we know he's not been out there in practice, you know, sliding and taking hits. Uh, like there, uh, there's been nothing there. No, no matter. Even though Kentucky feels really good about their quarterback depth, they're not. They don't feel. Feel that good about it. So that's going to be interesting to see, and I think that's what I'm I'm looking at the most going into Saturday is Terry getting those chances. And two, Derek, we're we're going to get into some game prep later this week. But I think Terry's legs gives Kentucky an even better chance to win at Auburn when you can make some of those get some of those third downs with his feet and things like that. I I think that's where it's big for Terry to be good and be the guy on this offense this year with the weapons that they have.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, for Terry. It's been a long time since he's seen actual live game action over a year. Um, there's going to be rust for anybody doing that. And, you know, Stoop's kind of made the joke today that he's easing right back in against Auburn. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, the toughest, I would say, opening opponent for UK in a number of years. I mean, with COVID, they're tied for eighth, right? And the AP people to start this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, UK's opening the season with a top 10 team. I'm not sure where they would have been. Or where they were listed, I guess. Definitely not very first day people. I think in the teens, maybe, somewhere around there. So this is a good opponent. I mean, um, young on the defensive line, Auburn is, but linebackers, some of the best in the country. And I went and looked it up last night. I might get into this a little bit more uh, later this week. I was probably gonna write a story on it. Um, I love the team composite talent rankings at twenty four seven. You guys have heard me talk about this. If you listen to our show every day, I've mentioned it before. Uh. UK, one of the best years they've had yet. Probably 27th, I think, is the number. Those are not official yet. But 24 stars, really good for UK. Well, Auburn's got 44 and two five-stars. So the talent edge on paper, you would lean towards Auburn just off of that, Um, but the way they've recruited. But there are some real advantages for Kentucky in this game that I think are going to allow them to not only stay in it, but have a chance to win. But I think so much of this this year, though, comes down to Terry's ability to throw the ball. Not just Terry, but the wide receiver's ability to get open. Um, because I think the pass protection is going to be there, but he's got to make good throws. I I still think it's going to be hard, particularly against Alabama and Georgia. You're going to have to have a throwing game, but I think even Auburn, you're going to have to be able to to throw the ball well to win this game. And that's that's the biggest question mark I have just because it's been so long. And uh, even for those wide receivers, it's been a long time since they've run, what, 35, 40 pass plays. I guess last year in South Carolina was the last time they were involved in that many plays throwing the ball. So it's going to be a new thing for them too. Yeah,
1: and and just getting into you know Saturday, just a quick note. I just I think Kentucky's defense. I think if this if this game is won and it ends up going in Kentucky's favor, I just think it's going to be how successful they can be in those on those first downs defensively. Like if they if they force Bo Nix into passing situations, Derek, it, yeah. as good of a defensive front as Kentucky has with putting pressure, and now that secondary where you get guys back there, they could force some turnovers Saturday if they are really good on first down, first and second down to me. I think that's where the key of this game is going to be at. So when you look at this depth chart, let's flip it to the defensive side here since we're talking about that. I think we all knew Vito Tisdale had impressed enough that he was probably going to show up in the two deep. There was so much talk about him the last few weeks. Is there anything else on that side that stands out, or is that pretty much sort of how you expected it to play out?
0: No, there is. Uh, first, I'll make a note on Vito. Stoops said he missed all last week. Uh, he said he had an injury, but he expects him back today for practice, and they're, they're going to get him going. Even at his position, Devontae Robinson was listed as the first-string guy, but Stoops had already said that he wasn't even going to be ready <laughs> for week one. Yeah. So uh, take that for what it's worth. If Devontae must have changed, and now he's maybe he's ready now. I'm not sure. Um, if that's the case, you might see Vito out there first series on a passing down. I mean, if he might be the starting nickelback going off that, maybe the only other thing in the secondary, I wasn't surprised that Kelvin Joseph won a job. Um, I thought Brandon Eccles and Cedric Dort did a great job last year, but when you get a talent like Kelvin Joseph, there was little doubt to me that there was going to be any kind of loyalty type things going in there in terms of, uh, you know, Eccles and Dort started last year. They're coming back this year, so they automatically start. That's not the case. As a matter of fact, Dort was listed behind Eccles. Uh, how much of that? You know, did, does UK use a corner at nickel this year instead of Vito? That's been talked about a little bit. But last point I'll make: I was surprised to see Jamari Brown on there because he yeah. has been discussed virtually none, and MJ Devonshire has been um, talked about a little bit. I, I kind of thought he would have been in there at that second string spot behind one of those corners but to make the point it can be a good guy at times at other times the depth chart could be nothing and that could be one of those cases
1: it could be especially given with covid and everything Derek. this there's names on the step chart i mean this is the way that it would line up saturday but we don't know exactly what's going to play out over the next four to five days Uh, but that's the defensive side of the step chart special teams pretty much went as planned uh, Josh Ali is there at punt return. I know that was a mailbag question, I think, two weeks ago, and we sort of expected that. Zach Johnson is uh, listed at kick returner. And then, of course, Matt Ruffalo, Chance Poor, and then Max Duffy, and then Cade DeGraws the long snapper. Uh, but when you look at the offensive side of this and you look at the offensive line, Kenneth Horsey's back in there at that left guard position, and you were surprised the name Eli Cox there. Right behind
0: him. Yeah. That was surprising to me. I don't know if that's a case of – well, I mean, I just would have thought Dodson would have been there because it sounded like Dodson was potentially going to be the starter at left guard. Yeah. This That chart has Horsey there. Um, and then he Either and then way, Dotson's it looks like – And here's the point I'll make. I, just from where we've not heard much about Cox, it's hard for me to say. I would still guess Quentin Wilson probably going to slide into a guard spot before he does. They have Quentin listed as the backup at center, but I know he's slid over before and played some guards, so I think you would see him before Eli, but still good for a, a young guy like that to crack the two deep to start the year. And I'll be interested, Sean, whenever Nasir Watkins gets back, if they'll keep him at tackle, because I assume they would. So. He's only played there, but maybe move flags, yeah, or somebody else to another spot. That's that's going to be interesting. But For this week, Flex, that, he's actually an interesting storyline because he chose U K over Auburn.
1: Dude, and, and when you look at that number on the depth chart with Flex, six six three fifty six, dude, that's yeah. a monster. That is a that is a big man. But speaking of big, Nick Lewis at left tackle, I mean you're six t- nine three twenty. I mean if you're throwing if 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 Terry's dropping back and throwing the ball to the left side of the field, he's probably going to have to jump a little bit to get
0: to get it over top of that guy. I think he's ended up being a still out of that class. He was a guy who I think Washington State was like his other school. And when he came to U.K., he was probably too heavy, but he's worked hard. He was someone very early in camp. I'm thinking like first week of camp was talked about as uh, being someone who's improved. And now at 6'9", 320, that's not – I mean, at this point, Sean, they London Young listed as heavier than him. Yeah. And that would not have been the case a few years ago. So,
1: honestly, not going to
0: surprise me. That kid ends up getting some reps this year and maybe goes into next year as a starter.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's what I was about to say. He's put himself in position – to you know, be a two-year starter at Kentucky at that at that tackle position, and Derek, that's a guy that I remember the first time that we walked down the field and saw an open practice with him. He was a guy that just passed the eye test just yeah. as an SEC physical presence. I mean, when you look at him and his his size and everything. Uh, anything else there on the offensive side? I know we've heard a lot about Bros Oliver, and he's he's there at, at X, and then Allen Daly at the Y, uh, Cleveland Thomas at their receiver and Josh Ali, too. Any any other surprises there on offense, or is that pretty much how you thought it would play out, too?
0: Just probably the only thing I would say is in terms of not really knowing if this is just kind of giving guys a place just because or what. Like Isaiah Epps, another guy similar to Robinson, I don't think we're really sure how healthy he is. He made an appearance at the Z spot behind Josh Ali. I would think if Isaiah can play, he he'll be out there. He'll get some snaps. But again, I just maybe I'm wrong, Sean. If you you can correct me, I just don't feel like we've heard much about him either. And I'm on every single Zoom call, and oh, maybe yeah. I zoned out, but I just don't think he's really been mentioned that much. Um, no, Michael asked Drennan. About his
1: health one time, I think, is it. Yeah,
0: but and I think he's yeah. still coming back from injuries, right? So and
1: you and so you man. mentioned Michael Drennan there. I, yeah. I still think that there's going to be snaps Saturday where he's on the field in some capacity. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I just think like Vince Merrill said on on with us last week that they're not calling him Donut until he <laughs> until he earns it so yeah. I mean and the fact that Merrill mentioned him too I think he's going to get his opportunity. He'll get his snaps. Maybe the maybe similar to Lynn that freshman year where early on Lynn would play here and there. They'd maybe try to who, – and who knows, Derek, you know they're going to run some wildcat. Who's going to be the wildcat guy? I, I don't know. Like Will they do anything different? They've they've had back, or these, those running backs there in the past with A.J. and some of those guys. Do they throw a, a donut or a Michael Jordan in there? I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting to watch. Obviously, they've had plenty of time to do some things and, you- and plan some things.
0: Do you think he, maybe his situation is a lot based on if other guys step up and take advantage of their opportunities? Because I felt like with Lynn, it just got to a point this freshman year where, like, they needed playmaker so bad that they kind of needed to go to him at certain points. Whereas this year, if the opportunity arises, I think he could be a guy in week four or five or whatever, maybe around the time of the Tennessee game, you look at him as a guy who needs to get some more opportunities. But I think here early in the year, I think they are going to give those guys that, devoted a lot of their time to blocking last year. I really do think they're going to give those guys their shot before moving on to something else.
1: They are. I I agree with you 100%. And, you know, they're going to – I look for early on, you know, Kentucky's going to establish their running game at some point in that game Saturday. But given Terry coming off the injury, I think you're going to – it wouldn't shock me if they come out and let him throw some a couple of times there early just to sort of get some confidence. Some of those routes, you know, some of those short throws that they do, those intermediate throws – uh, it wouldn't shock me to – honestly, if you're giving me a weapon to look out for, I like the connection with him and Alan Daly because we th- saw that it was building last year before he got hurt.
0: Let me uh, just look this up, Sean, something to look for. I, I've been checking the weather in Auburn. Even though I'm not going, I've been checking because I've been curious. Lord, it had looked gorgeous was. up until, and now it's showing potential rain <laughs> on uh on Saturday. So it would just be fitting with how last year was where there were so many rain games. Or This is just Monday. Um, I could certainly see that changing. Matter of fact, it's only showing a 30% pre- persis- <laughs> precipitation. <excuse laughs> well,
1: me, I'll ask you that. Point. If there is some precipitation, advantage Kentucky, right?
0: Well, Auburn loves running the football. But do. I do think with UK, you know that you have a veteran offensive line. are going up against probably the biggest question mark right now on Auburn's defense. And the well,
1: offense. my thing is, is is that 95% of the time the offensive line dictates, I think, a lot of outcomes in the SEC. And you've got to go advantage Kentucky there. And then if not, you know, quarterback play does. And we still we, we still don't know if Bo Nix is an improved passer or not. Like a lot of that offense and a lot of that stuff that they did last year was a lot of short throws. And off play action, they take some shots deep. So it's going to be interesting to see with Chad Morris how much has changed. How, and I'll ask you that too: How much do you think UK looks at Arkansas's tape? Do they look at that tape and see some of the things that Morris did with Arkansas, or, or do you, or do you pay a lot of attention yeah. to what Auburn done in the past? I don't. Maybe that's a question for Brad this week.
0: Yeah, I asked Stoops about that today, um, and I think UK. The good news, or actually, I guess it's the bad news. Well, it's kind of both. Good news for UK is I just saw Morris last year at Arkansas, so it's not like you're having to dig too deep to see what he did. Or as it has been five seasons since they played Auburn, which I don't think Auburn's changed very much in that time. But if there is a bad news for UK, it's that they will be the first teams to see Auburn. They won't have any actual game tape with Morris and uh, Malzon together to determine how things will be. So some ways, it'll be a little bit tricky for U.K., but I think there's just so much film available on what both those guys do that you can still have a really good idea of how to defend that offense. And if I read right, I think Morris more or less is in charge of kind of the passing game this year, whereas Mel more focused on still running the ball.
1: And two, I mean – you know, that is a disadvantage that you're sort of getting them first, but then too, you know, it's kind of an advantage that Kentucky has that continuity with their staff where Auburn's going to be breaking in a new coordinator. I mean, obviously there's going to be, let's just say this, like there's going to be some missed tackles. There's going to be some mistakes. There's going to be some things like that, just given that they don't have those normal cupcake games that they're going to have. And then two, they got such a late start when it came to pr- preparation. And here we are late September kicking off. So I think that It'll still be a very solid product of football on the field, Derek, but I would expect some mistakes in just about every football game that's played in the SEC Saturday.
0: I agree with you. I'm going to wrap my thought up just before my sing thing on the weather. And, again, some of you might be saying, why do you care so much? If it's
1: if, still if five Keely, days away from the game. If Keeley listens to this podcast, she's going to she's gonna be like, Derek, you did it last year. And once you mentioned you wanted a rain game, it rained every single game.
0: Yeah, that was my fault. Um. One point to make though, is it's scattered thunderstorms, so it doesn't sound like it's gonna be a deal like Georgia or sorry, yeah, Georgia last year, uh, <laughs> Missouri where it's just a torrential four hours straight downpour, and the wind doesn't seem like it's that bad, five to ten miles per hour. So I don't know. From what I hear from these coaches last year, from what I learned was as long as the wind isn't really bad, you can still throw the ball around a little bit in the rain. So when I see this weather right now, I don't think it's gonna be. Obviously, it will have an effect if it's raining, but I don't think it's going to be a deal unless it changes where you've got to develop basically a whole game plan around calling plays in the rain,
1: we're, which would be
0: a good thing for both teams. Also, we're, going,
1: we're, going to do a, we're going to do a new segment on this show weekly throughout the season. It's going to be Derek's forecast.
0: Meteorologist. Yes,
1: that's, that's, that's what we're going to do. We're going to – uh, we're going to look at that, and we'll we'll check in on that as the week goes out, Derek. I'm sure we'll get a clear idea of exactly what the weather will be like at Auburn Saturday. Uh, one more thing here before we wrap this episode up. Kentucky fell completely out of the coaches' poll Sunday. They went from 20th to 26th, so they're still sitting right outside. So a win at Auburn gets them back in, and that was because the Big Ten decided to play. They've got a date, October 24th. They released a schedule, too. So now those teams are just pretty much just going to be dormant there in the polls. Like I don't really know if you can even take into consideration any of the polls right now, given all the different starts and the different – like some teams are on week four, some teams are on week one. Uh, What did you think about that? And then Kentucky did stay at 23 in the AP because the AP, the Big Ten teams, were not eligible for the poll. So it is a top 25 matchup at that poll.
0: Yeah, yeah, so Saturday when you turn on your TV, you will see a 23 next to Kentucky. But I would have, so the coaches poll did have the Big Ten teams and the it regular did. poll did not. So yeah. that's I would have gone with the AP in that sense. Like once Ohio State plays its first game, I'm totally cool with voters yeah. putting them second or third, wherever they want to put them, because I do think Ohio State, if they're not the very best team in the country, they're they're up there. But as it stands now, I just feel like you should wait until they play and and. And along those lines I get it. You can say, well UK's not played either, and they're still not list. So I get it from that sense. But like you said, those teams are basically gonna sit there for the next how long? I mean it's close a to month. a month. Yeah. yeah. So it's a month from Thursday. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a huge deal. Uh I do like that UK stayed in the top twenty five in the A P poll. I feel like they've done it the way I would have done it. So Top ten match or not top ten matchup, sorry, a top twenty five matchup. I believe maybe the only top twenty five matchup the whole day. Could be wrong on that. I think Louisville and Pitt would have been. had Louisville still won? But they fell out of the top twenty five, right?
1: Uh, they're they're still in the yet. AP. I think oh, they're okay. twenty they're twenty fourth in one poll. I think they went from seventeen to twenty four, so it's still no. a top twenty five matchup. But
0: bluegrass is representing? But them. Only, only but, do you, game,
1: but how much weight do you put into that matchup after you just watched what Miami, you know, done to that defense? I don't really know. But I yeah. think obviously Auburn, Kentucky's the game to watch. It'll be the first time Kentucky football will play their first game of the season ranked in the AP poll since 1978. So wow. I mean, it's been a long time since Kentucky's opened the season in a poll. Now, granted, they weren't in the preseason poll, so they still you can't technically say that they're ranked in preseason AP poll for the first time since 78. But it will be the first time that they take the field on their first snap. Ranked since 1978, Derek. That's that's a long time.
0: So if they do go, let's just throw out a number that, that exceeds expectations. Let's say UK goes seven and three this year. Do you think they start next season in the AP top twenty-five, or will voters say, "Well, man, it looks like Kentucky lost their whole offensive line this year. It looks like a lot of their defense is gone." You know, how, how do you think it's going to be viewed?
1: It'll be viewed just how you said it that they <laughs> that they lost their entire offensive line and quarterback and, they, and so, quarterback and even uh, though that their defense will have a lot of guys there probably at linebacker and they're they're building. Mark Stoops has built a program now, Derek, and I I think that you know Ben Roberts did a uh, a media predictions thing. He included us. He included national media. And the thing when you look down that list is, I mean, yeah, there were a couple of four and sixes, but even those people that said four and six still had good things to say about the way Mark yeah. Stoops has built this program and, and their blurb and everything. So when you look at that, I mean, I just think that it's it's changed. And I think this is a great opportunity. You saw SEC Mike today. He had Kentucky third in his East predictions ahead of Tennessee, and I'm pretty sure he's a Tennessee fan. So and I'm yeah. Tennessee was probably ready to burn that Twitter mention down. But, Derek, I see it, I see a scenario where if Kentucky wins game one at Auburn, you're going into Knoxville here October 17th. I think there's a great opportunity. You're going there
0: looking to start 4-0. And then yeah. you're probably a top-10 team returning home. I think I kind of like the spot UK is in this week because I think they've gotten just enough respect from people where they're like, man, you know, I need to watch out for UK. And if they win, people will say, oh, we told you so. Like said, this could be a game where UK could win. But at the same time, if you lose, who's going to crush Kentucky football for losing to a top-ten team on the road? Mike Melbourne. As, as long as so, you don't get
1: drilled. As long yeah, as you're as long competitive as you don't like and that. you have a chance to win. Yeah. But it, it's so. going to be – I expect a really good game Saturday. I, I think the line's too high. Uh, I would have it's said it probably – It's I, I think. 10. I think in my mind it should be at four. It should be Auburn minus four. I think that's where it should Ooh. be. You're going
0: to become a bookie? Well, uh, I don't know,
1: but I mean, I'm, I'm picking Kentucky to win, but I think them being at home, even though it's a weird, I think I still think that just getting to sleep in your own bed and wake up and play football in your own town is going to be even bigger this year, given you're not going to be jacked up and fired up from a, a packed house. But, Auburn minus four would be where I would set it, but I'd still pick Kentucky to win, and I wouldn't even—I would pick them to win the money line. That's—that's that's how So it you're happy it, with I that feel. then,
0: with how the money line is now? You're I am get back for your buck if it's a ten point. <clears throat>
1: you're, you're right, uh, but with those points in a way though, I would probably take the points then, wouldn't you? I mean, I don't see Kentucky yeah. losing by more than a touchdown if they do lose, but
0: it's going to be a good game see. Saturday. Tends to cut off for me. I'd probably feel comfortable if that line gets to like plus eleven, and I'm not betting on this game. For everybody out there wondering, uh, but if I were, uh, to me, like, I, I think UK. I, I'm picking UK to win this weekend, but no, like it wouldn't shock me if they lost by ten. I mean, in a game like that, it could be really close throughout. Maybe a late turnover or something, and Auburn's in field goal range, and they just tack on right there at the end of the game. <laughs> I mean, that's not surprising to me at all if that if that were to happen, but. I don't know. Um, I'm just happy that it's almost here, and uh, I don't know. We've seen tricky, some. Little... It has been well, you know. The very first weekend was just, what Tulane, and. Or no, was it Tulane and who was it? No, BYU, right? Is that who yeah. Navy played? And Navy yeah. was actually favorite and they lost by like fifty points.
1: <laughs> so uh and, and then too, was a
0: favorite last week, that lost. Like, I think it was a well, favorite. It's,
1: it's one of those things where early in the week if you like a line where it's at, or if you like something, do you do you take it because you don't know mm-hmm. what's gonna happen with COVID for the next four yeah. days. So it might be one of those things where if you're if you're listening and you're wanting betting advice, don't listen to us, trust me.
0: You might want to uh, hit the teasers this year. Just give yourself a yeah. <laughs> play with.
1: You don't wanna you definitely don't wanna listen to us though on the betting aspect of things. But we have a jam-packed week for you. Frank Fowler, who is the producer of SEC this morning with Peter Burns and Chris Doring, he will join us for Tuesday's episode. Uh Frank is a guy that's very high on Kentucky. He's gonna talk a lot. He actually thinks Kentucky's getting a lot of disrespect, Derek, and that was two weeks ago before they put him in the coach's poll and then took him out. So I'm gonna I wanna see what Frank has to say about that. He's a big fan yeah. of Terry Wilson. uh we're going to have Cole Kublick on near the end of the week. He's going to be there. He'll be the only one of that broadcast crew that will be there at Auburn on the sidelines. So I want to get Cole's opinion. And then Derek, you've got somebody from the Auburn beat. That's going to give us a scouting report.
0: Yeah. We have Josh Vitell from the Montgomery advertiser. He'll be coming on Wednesday. Um, probably have that episode on Wednesday I would say but yeah the the good news is what these interviews we're doing is a lot of them as long as we get them out before Saturday aren't necessarily time sensitive I've never talked to Frank Sean I know you guys have a good relationship I'm looking forward to that uh Josh has been someone who's worked around our schedule that was actually supposed to take place today with Stoops and some other things going on we decided to push that one back later in the week and then Cole I'm really interested to see. Maybe I'll ask him about this. Uh, the welcome he's going to get back home at Auburn because I think he's been pretty vocal that he thinks Kentucky can win this game. He, so he uh, we'll, we'll see what kind of reception he gets when he returns to the plains.
1: So the way this is going to work is we're probably you're probably going to end up getting six total episodes this week because we'll have a mailbag episode Friday. So we will do a mailbag and then a preview and then we're probably going to run the Kublik interview. It'll be a short one. We'll probably just run it short that way you'll be able to listen and I'm probably going to. Probably think about putting it out Friday night, Derek, for the people to listen to the show. That way they can hear it Friday night and then Saturday morning when they wake up, if they want a short preview with their cup of coffee, Saturday morning. But it is game week. It is a huge week. Uh, We thank you all so much for joining us. I received so many positive messages over the weekend about Kentucky Daily. And thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for the DMs. The emails, continue to send those. If you're interested in advertising, you know where to find us. Make it out to the Butcher's Pub, especially on Saturday. They'll be watching the games at both locations, one in Williamsburg, one in Palmville. But this has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. We'll see you tomorrow. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns.